Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television, brought to you by our great friends over at Ditchwitch. Bass Edge Television is on Wild TV in Canada, and we're also on the Versus Network all the way through June of this year, 2008. This is Outdoors Dan, alongside is Mr. Aaron Martin. Aaron, what a great podcast this time. Oh, no question. You know, uh, I get a lot of questions concerning from the back of the boat, whether you're in a co-angler position uh, competing, or perhaps you just have a friend, family member, or someone that you fish with all the time. How can you better, I guess, position yourself as an angler to be productive from the back of the boat. And I think Pam Bolton, who fishes as a co-angler on the FLW, uh, both uh, series and tour, uh, who also happens to be a woman. So she's going to bring some really, I think, unique conversation on this topic, let's say. Yeah, Pam's, I'm sure Pam's going to be very happy that you noticed that she is a lady. Well, you know, I think, I think it's something, you know, you bring up a good point, but I definitely think it's something worthy of, of consideration because, you know, as much as what we try and encourage participation in this, this sport, um, I think it's worthy to point out to females that there are other uh, women out there who are doing a great job of, of learning this sport. So Yeah, well, what I was getting at is I don't know too many guys named Pam. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, it, you know, it, whatever works for you. Didn't you, ever hear, very, the, did it, you ever hear the song by Johnny Cash, Boy Named Sue? Yeah, Sue, I could understand. <laughs> Pam, that's a stretch. All right. But uh, Pam is actually married to FLW Pro uh, Terry Bolton, and he's, man, I tell you what, I love his music. He's just... <laughs> You haven't heard you haven't heard a new one coming out lately, but that Bolton man, he can sing. He's gonna love you for that, and I'm sure that's right there next to your collection of Barry Manilow. So. Uh, oh, come on, Bolton! I mean, Bolton's greatest hits. Come yes, on, and actually, they they really do make some good stuff. Uh, they are the owners of um, Mismo, uh huh, Mismo Bait Company. Mismo yep. Bait Company. There you go. So we got all of that plus a great inside edge segment for you, and we also got some other surprises coming up. It's all right here on this week's Edge. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. Uh Uh-oh, look here, I got one, I got one. Look here. (laughs) I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish, good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that son of a gun, man, that's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. All right, welcome to The Edge. Outdoors Dan alongside Mr. Aaron Martin. And you know what? It's that time of the year, buddy. It's starting to heat up. Topwater baits are coming on. Oh, yeah. You know, and and I think uh, Kurt is obviously going to do that justice a little bit later within the Inside Edge. But the thing that fires me up the most about topwater baits is just the sheer action. Yep. You know, once you get beyond uh, selecting when to use them, why to use them, that Kurt will go into a little bit later. You know, it, it doesn't get any better than that, Dan. Nope. I love my Zero Spook early in the morning. You know, you get the fog coming off the water, and you just sit there and rip-wrap that across the water, and boom. Man, it's, it's neat. Or, you know what? Better than that, let me take that back. Better than that would be mid-morning with my frog going across the moth. There you go. There That's you go. an explosion. And you get to watch that wake like jaws coming through the water. You see yeah. that hump in the water coming right towards it. And, you know, another thing, Dan, that uh, bringing up the top water is that a lot of people don't realize you take, like, those popping baits, like a pop yeah. bar or something pop like bar. that. Uh, th- those males, that, like we had talked about last week, that Bob so uh, kindly pointed out concerning when they're guarding the fry. You know, those pop are those subtle, just topwater spitting action baits. I mean, the, the male bass will unload on those because they do not want anything getting too close to those uh, recently hatched fry. 
Yeah, you know, when you catch and release that bass, does it go right back to the nest? Absolutely, and we're going to prove that. Uh, matter of fact, we actually caught that on film three times uh, this year, and uh, no question it does. Okay, I was curious about that. Well, folks, we're going to have some just awesome stuff for you. Pam Bolton's coming up. You know, uh, her husband, the music artist, is uh, going to be on. Is he, are we going to hear from him? Uh, yeah, he's going to sing a little rendition for you. Well, I would hope so. Because right. I like that song he does for How Could I Live Without You. Or Wasn't that the name of it? Oh, yeah, and i tell you another thing you're going to like is the fact that he's never going to do an interview with us again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, we're just teasing. Of course, we're talking about her husband, Terry, not Michael Bolton. That's we right. know who Terry is. That's right. Yeah, and I just don't want to get beat up. Either. All right. So, but no, we'll, uh, Pam's going to come back and give us a great interview, and then we're going to talk more about that. It's all right here for you on The Edge. Give any type of boat The Edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140. And best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare KeelGuard. Thanks, MegaWare KeelGuard. Welcome back to The Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. All right, welcome back to The Edge. And joining us for today's Angler Spotlight is FLW co-angler, Pam Bolton. Pam, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Hey, Aaron. Thanks so much for asking me. Um, I'm excited about um, FLW and the season, and um, I'm ready to jump into the interview. We have so much to talk about, and unfortunately we have limited time, but we're going to do our best to get through as many of these topics as what we can, because certainly I have a long list of things that I want to go through with you. But, you know, let's just jump into it by uh, bringing up a couple points. A, you're a woman who owns a tackle company that fishes the co-angler side of the FLW Tour and FLW Series, and you're also married to a touring pro. Now, how in the world does that happen? Well, I was just blessed. That's, that's just the bottom line. Um, I do have, uh, I wear a lot of hats in the fishing industry, and what's funny is my opinions as a co-angler may not jive with my opinions as a tackle owner or my opinions as the wife of a touring pro. So I kind of have to wear a, a lot of hats, and, and sometimes I have to remember to take one off before I put another one on because, you know, sometimes they don't really cross over so well. But um, basically, you know, I was born and raised a tomboy here in Arkansas and have fished all my life. And back in, gosh, 1997, I believe is when it was, I lived in Chicago, and my dad had called me and had been trying to find a way to get me back to Arkansas and I'd been there for five years, and he's like, look, I think this is the deal. He said, we're going to start a tackle company, and I want you to come home to help us run it. And uh, basically, I packed my bags and moved home about a month later, and um, we started Mismo. And uh, things just kind of blossomed from there. Um, started Basically, started fishing the SLW Tour as a co-angler just to get, you know, just to figure out what lures the pros use. Um, and it was a way for us to promote our name. Um, with the people who actually used the bait. And so, you know, basically I was scared to death, went into my very first bass tournament. It was my first FLW tournament um, down on Lake Okeechobee. And, um, gosh, I've been doing it ever since. But, you know, I kind of got addicted to it. And, it, you know, my focus kind of went from promoting Mismo to, gosh, I really love to do this, and it's a passion. And um, so, you know, it just kind of worked well that I was able to, to promote and, you know, do something that I love to do. And, um, you know, that in turn, 
you know, I met Terry, who, um, you know, I married Terry back in November, and so, it, you know, it's just kind of been a whirlwind these past 10 years, but, I, you know, I absolutely love what I do, so... Well, and you bring up a good point, you know, as far as having to wear multiple hats, because obviously with Ms. Mo Bait Company, uh, which is the, the company that you own, but then also, you know, you're kind of under the management with that, but then also competing as a uh, as an angler, as a co-angler through the FLW both tour and series, wow. but you're also sponsored by the National Guard. Um, so uh, how, how do you keep all of that, you know, how do you, how do you keep your mental focus, I guess, intact? Well, sometimes it's hard, and I can't say that I always have the focus that I should, but, you know, I have to have a good day planner, you know, and I have to, you know, keep my calendar out pretty much every day to find out where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing that day. You know, we we have tackle shows that we run for the company, and, and, you know, then there's the tournaments, and then not only that, I still have to schedule um, my kids back home, you know, who are in soccer and t-ball and gymnastics and cheerleading and I have to make sure that they're getting to where they're going you know while I'm out of town and and so it's really a juggling act and and if your family is not behind you and doesn't support you I I really don't see how a person stays stays with it you know my my mother is a godsend I mean she is wonderful um you know and the kid's dad he he works for the fire department but when he's off duty you know he supports me and and gets those kids where they need to go and and gets them there when they need to be there so that takes a lot of stress off me so that I'm able to actually focus on the fishing you know when I'm there I like to be able to focus on that but sometimes it's you know you're still wondering about what's going on back home and you know if it ain't done mama's way sometimes it's not the right way (laughs) but I have I have to relinquish that control and, and let somebody else take care of that stuff while I'm gone and uh but you know I'm absolutely blessed to be on the, the National Guard team, and, and um, you know, if it weren't for them protecting our way of life, I, not only could I not fish, I couldn't be a woman in a tackle company, you know, trying to run a business, and and um, it's, it's really just humbling to be a part of what they represent. It's not necessarily a product. It's, it's people, it's your community, you know, it's your brothers and sisters and your neighbor's kids that are, that are protecting our way of life, and, and me that you know that's just an inspiring job that they do and and not only do they fight abroad you know they're here helping pick up after tornadoes and and they're helping with flood relief right now here in Arkansas and and they wear so many hats and you know I'm just blessed well, and, and, you know, no question there. And I think often when you when you think about the term service men and women, uh, it truly is a, a position of service. I mean, it's like you said, a, a lot of times uh, it's often thought about from being a combat situation, but there's so many other things that, that they get into doing. Exactly. You know, our local unit here is the 875th here in northeast Arkansas, and they had spent a year in Iraq and not hardly any sooner than their feet hit the ground back in the U.S. back in December and January did they start. We had like three tornadoes on three different weekends that pretty much, you know, took out neighborhoods, and they were there to make sure that people's property wasn't taken and and just helping people pick up. And and then now the last month and a half, we've had them on flood relief where they've had to actually go search for people, help people get out of their homes. And, it, you know, it's just, it's something different every day. And thank God they're there because we have, they're absolutely, you know, we have to have them for a way of life. So. Yeah, no question. And, and certainly our hearts go out to all of those whom are, are serving, whether it be here within the States or certainly abroad. Absolutely. Um, you, you know, and, and talking about, um, I guess, the tournament side and, and specifically as a co-angler, you know, 
do you prepare differently? And, and you have the ability to compare and contrast with, obviously, Terry uh, fishing on, on the, uh, the pro side. Uh, do you prepare differently as a co-angler uh, for a tournament than, let's say, what Terry would prepare for on the boater side? Absolutely. You know, I'm blessed to be able to practice with him, and I've learned so much from it. And obviously, my standings have really shot up this year. I mean, and I attribute that to to being able to get out on the water with him. And he's very much a teacher, and you know, he's as much for my success as I am. And you know, it's funny when we go out on my boat, and and I'm trying to pick his brain to figure out, well, why did you pick this spot? Why did you choose to stop here? You know, and it and he will give me an answer, and then I'm like. You know, it makes sense because there's a lot of times you're in the boat with a pro and, and you maybe they don't want to talk about what they're doing because, you know, maybe they don't they don't want to give too much information out, you know. And so I'm really struggling to, to pick something that I can actually learn that day. You know, that's that's my whole goal every day when I go out in the boat is, is to bring something off the water, you know, to know that I've actually learned something from being out for 10, 12 hours that day. Um, and if, if I've learned something that day, then that day's been a success, whether I caught a fish or not. If I've learned something that day, then to me, that day was a success. You know, I can look at, at how he picks apart a piece of water, and it, there's so much more that goes into it than what, than what it looks like, you know. And, and he is, he's looking for a, a way to more power fish, and I'm looking for a way to, to catch a fish behind him, you know, to, to pick up whatever he's left off. And so the, the bait selections that I choose and the presentations that I, that I choose to use are completely different than what I think he is using. But when we go out in a boat, we kind of work as a team because, you know, I'm out there for his success. So I want to throw baits that he needs me to throw to, to see if we can find the fish. And then once we find the fish, then I'll kind of change up and kind of pick and choose what I want to do. I, I don't ever like to throw the same thing that my pro throws because I figure if fish is going to bite it, he would have already caught it and stuck it in the box. Sure. So I want to, I want a different lure. Usually I try to go down a size in the back of the boat. I'm not looking for, you know, the kicker fish. I'm looking for five fish. You know, I don't care if they just touch the line, 12 inches, 14 inches, whatever. I just want to make sure that I have five fish in the box. Well, and I think you bring up two good points there. Uh, one is from the standpoint, going back to your earlier comment about when you are in the boat to learn as much as possible. And I know, you know, when I spent my time in the back of the boat, I always saw it as a huge learning opportunity, you know, and, and really almost like a, you're going to college uh, and having the opportunity to spend time on the water with different pros uh, over the course of the tournament. But then also, you know, adding to what you said earlier, as far as selecting different baits and different techniques, perhaps that, that the pro is not using in front of you. And, you know, too, to me, I think a co-angler has to have maybe even more skills in the back of the boat to throw, to, to learn more techniques than maybe the pro does. You know, if a, a pro gets to choose the water that you fish, so therefore, he can choose to fish exactly what he wants to fish. As a co-angler, I don't have that choice in the back of the boat. I go to where he takes me, and I and I have to adapt to what to the water that he gives me. So I may be really weak at Carolina rigging, or I may be really weak at fishing and flipping. But I have to know all those techniques in case that's what I'm given that day. If I have to throw a crankbait, you know. I have to be able to be able to throw those things, and he doesn't necessarily have to do that because he gets to choose the water, he gets to choose the technique, he gets, he gets to choose it all. So I'm basically, you know, at their mercy, but who better to learn from? I mean, in these tournaments, I 
have drawn some of, you know, I've drawn some of the big names, and I've drawn people that you've never heard of. But just because you've never heard of them doesn't mean they didn't have something to offer me. And, you know, I sit behind Rick Klein, and I sit behind Peter T, and I sit behind, you know, all these great names. And I can honestly say from each one, I've been able to, to learn from their specialty, you know, what they're famous for doing. You know, I sit behind David Fritz three times. You know, he's the crankbait king. I have watched him over and over and over again, and I've learned so much from each one of these guys. And, you know, if you want to learn a technique, you know, you need some basic skills to reach up in the back of the boat. But what better place to learn than from these touring pros? I mean, that, that's like learning how to play basketball from Michael Jordan or learning how to play golf from Tiger Woods. I mean, that's the equivalent in our sport. Well, no question. And I see it as the opportunity, like you said, uh, A, you have to be extremely versatile. Uh, because you never know what the next day, just because, let's say, of day one of the competition, you started out doing a certain technique. The next day, you're with somebody else, and you might be running completely to the opposite end of the lake to do a technique that's completely different. So you have to have all those skill sets, you know, kind of within your arsenal. And then, you know, quite honestly, the the other thing is that, like you said, you can always learn something. Even if it's learning what not to do. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, let's transition into, uh, before we run out completely out of time here, what advice can you give to those whom uh, perhaps are, um, you know, competing formally or maybe just even recreationally from the back of the boat as far as lure selection, how to pack, those type of things? You know, if I had to pick a number one bait for the back of the boat, it's going to be a shaky head. Um, It's a small profile bait, like I said, in the back of the boat, I don't think you're necessarily going for the big fish, but a stakey head will catch big fish. So I think that's a perfect bait for a co-angler. You can usually, I mean, you can pick a heavier uh, weight to throw it in deep water. You can lighten your lure to throw in shallow water. You can fish it in brush. You can fish it on docks. You can fish it off points. I mean, it's basically an all-around bait. So that's what I would suggest to start with. And color selection, you can't ever go wrong with green pumpkin. It doesn't matter if it's clear water, dirty water. And even coming from, uh, you know, my tackle company point of view, that is the number one selling color that that we have across the board, whether it be a tube, a worm, whatever. That is our number one color. Um, My second piece of advice would be there's no substitute for time on the water, Um, whether it's just be standing on the dock, playing around with the lures, watch how they act in the water. In our closing minute or so here, Pam, can you also go into a little bit of about preparing mindset-wise? Because I think there's a lot of possibly false information out there um, or opinions, I guess, stereotypes that, you know, that you can't catch fish from the back of the boat, but also how to approach the day that you're not in competition with the guy that's in front of the boat, but rather all those who are fishing from the co-angler standpoint. Right. If, if you are going out in a tournament as a co-angler, you have to, re- first of all, it's all about respect. If you respect, respect your pro, he will respect you. I mean, there's certain things that you just don't do. You don't throw it over his shoulder. You don't fish water that he has not fished yet. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, clean your your used lures out of the boat. Give him gas money. You know, if, I, if I'm going to take a trip with a friend somewhere and I'm going to use their vehicle, Guess what? I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give them some gas money to get where they got. You know, he he's worked hard for four practice days trying to find fish for the both of you, and it's, you know, you just need to be respectful of that and, and realize, you know, that he's put in a week before you got there to try to find fish. And 
you know, it, it doesn't really matter if you caught the fish or not because conditions change every day, and you have to adapt to those conditions, and sometimes the fish don't pop, you know. That's not your angler's fault. But, you know, I think, I think that if you just have that respect for your angler and you're there to learn, then I think you'll have a great day. And, you know, it doesn't matter. This is one of those sports. It doesn't matter if you're a man. It doesn't matter if you're a woman. All you need to do is have a lure in the water, and you can catch fish. Well, and, and you know, I, I think you bring up some great points there. It's all about respect. The competition is ultimately between the angler and the fish, not between necessarily the other anglers. And uh, I wish we had more time, Pam, but unfortunately we are out of time. But I do want to thank you so much uh, for being part of The Edge. Uh, any closing thoughts or comments before we get out of here? Well, Aaron, I appreciate so much you, you letting me be on the show. Of course, you know, like I said, I've got lots of opinions on lots of things. But if anyone has any questions and would like to email me, I'd be happy, um, happy to answer any emails. And um, my email address is pam at mismo.com, very easy. Um, and, I, you know, I'd love to hear from you guys. Sure, sure. Well, we look forward to it, and uh, certainly uh, they can also contact you uh, through BassEdge.com at, at the Ask the Pros, and uh, we'll get all those forward to you as well. Pam, again, thanks so much uh, for being part of the Edge. Thank you, Aaron. You know, it is so nice to hear married people. To hear married people? Well, you know, she can tell she loves what she's doing. She's, oh, yeah. She's in love with Terry, and, you know, they love sharing time together on the water, and what a great deal. Well, and, you know, the, the thing that I so respect about her is that, you know, here she is obviously married to a professional fisherman. And I've got to tell you, knowing, uh, you know, what my wife has to put up with with all of our filming schedule and, you know, former uh, competing uh, across the tournaments, but yet she is also in the sport, which adds a whole new element to it. Then she runs the bait company. So, I mean, yeah, you know, she's got a lot of hats that she has to wear, like she pointed out. Well, I think she's got it all together, and what a nice lady. Yeah, and, 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 you know, her her explanation of of thought process from the back of the boat, I hope um, that a lot of us will latch on to what she stated, because what she looks at when she is in that position is not necessarily competing with the pro by any means. And I think it's very easily easy to get caught up in the fact that perhaps the guy that's in the front of the boat in a competitive situation, maybe he's got him dialed in flipping a jig or something. Yeah. She pointed out that she doesn't look to his type of technique. What she is trying to figure out is selecting a bait or a technique that can put, you know, five fish in the boat for her. And the other thing is as far as versatility, you know, the way that those formats uh, tournament formats of which she participates in, you know, those are multi-day events. So one day you might be up the river on a particular body of water, say flipping shallow cover with a jig or a tube or soft plastic. The next day you might be sitting down by the dam fishing in 60 feet of water throwing a drop shot. So yeah. the need to for a co-angler to learn a multitude of skills, be able to adjust and adapt as that day progresses, I thought she did a great job of pointing that out. Well, and a lot of guys are, you know, reiterate what you just said, what Pam said, is what, like, the guys on the Heartland Tours and uh, Central Programs, I mean, that's where those guys are cutting their teeth learning all those techniques, and that's being the ride-along, the co-ed. Well, no question, and, and, you know, like I pointed out in the interview, I really saw that on the days that I spent being a co-angler from the back of the boat. Man, it's just a, such a huge opportunity. It's almost like going to college to be able to be out on the water uh, first-hand experience with some of the, the best pros that are out there. Uh, and she also pointed out that even, you know, w- days that aren't going well, you can still learn something. You can always put yourself in a situation to learn and be able to take that then back to your home waters uh, from participating as a co-angler. Man, the, the rewards are endless. Yeah, and I like the fact that she's 
you know, stressing to be respectful of the person you're with, you know, to offer to share the gas money and clean up after yourself. That's one of my biggest pet peeves with the guys on the hunting side is they never, you know, I have to clean my truck up. I finally, I started, you know, bringing tasers with me, and I kind of stopped it real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did do a good job of that. I don't know if we want to take it to the point of the tasers, but, uh, you know, when you're in that situation and, and you're out, uh, the pros that are trying to make out here make a living uh, yeah. from fishing, um, they put a lot of energy, a lot of resources, both financial and time into that, and uh, I thought she did a great job of just making the respectful comment. Yeah, and I hope they do well with the Mismo. Have you thrown any of those? Absolutely. They, they do. They have some great products. Uh, you know, their tubes, uh, a lot of people uh, utilize their tubes. But they have a whole great line of, of things that are, are, are really, really good. All right. Well, way to go, Pam, and I hope the best for both of them. Really nice people. All right, got to run, and when we come back, we're going to hear from uh, Kurt Dove on the Inside Edge segment. So we'll hit you on the flip side of that. You're listening to The Edge. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 towing pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. And we are now on the Inside Edge segment, and joining us uh, to help us out really clarify some issues on topwater, and that is Mr. Kurt Dove, BASS Elite Pro Angler, who is running the Bass Edge boat. Kurt, thanks so much uh, for being part of The Edge. Hey, Aaron, thanks a lot. It's good to be back again, and... um look forward to talking a little bit about some topwaters today. Yeah, you know, uh, well, one of the things, Kurt, we'll just jump right into it, and uh, there's a lot of topwater, I guess, classifications out there. Perhaps you could just more or less give us a rundown on how you kind of break those those different styles, I guess, if you will, uh, of, sure. of topwater. Yeah, you know, there's really three really three basic styles of topwater bait. You know, you got your popping style bait, you know, like your pop bar, um, or, or you can even throw a chug bug uh, type of bait in there. But, but any of those baits that have a concave face and, and you really, you know, have that popping action. And we got um, kind of your frog and your buzz bait uh, style of bait. And uh, then, of course, ever so popular, the, the stick baits, the spooks, sammies, um, pencil popper, you know, becoming real popular as of late. Um, those those kind of walk-the-dog style of topwater baits. You know, and, and with each of those, Kurt, I guess the ultimate question is, how do you break down what you are going to use, what style of bait are you going to use, and when are you going to use it? I guess that's a million-dollar question. Yeah, that really is. That, that, that gets really deep, you know. If you, if you kind of break those, those three categories down, uh, just like we talked about, I think, I think you can take that buzz bait and frog style of topwater bait, um, and really those are, those are the style of baits that you want to use in, in and around heavy cover. Um, whether you, whether it's, you know, around some lay-down logs, you know, it's a great place to throw a buzz bait or, or around the outside of, of grass. And uh, just the same with a frog, using those over top of grass and also around some cover, maybe reeds, lily pads, uh, anything that really is cover-oriented. Not that these baits don't work in open water, but they really excel, I believe, in, the, in where, where there's cover around that you're going to be making that presentation. And don't you think that, that part of that is just because two things. One is based upon how you're able to rig the hook uh, to bring it through that cover. And then secondly, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you take like a frog, for instance, 
uh, let's say if you're fishing around some grass or lily pads, you know, that's kind of the habitat that, that those animals hang around. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think one of the key points you just made there is the, is the uh, you know, the hook style with these baits. They're very snagless, very weedless, of course, with your frogs. Um, the, the hooks aren't embedded in the, in the plastic, but they ride right alongside. So it's a very weedless presentation, as well as the buzz bait. You know, you can take a buzz bait and just throw it just about anywhere, and uh, it'll come through it, whether it be the lily pads or lay down logs. And it's, and it's that hook rides directly up, and it's riding right on top of the water. So it basically just scoots over any kind of cover and, and is really very snagless. You know, one of the things, Kurt, that, that I guess is, is common out there is always, you know, when can you start throwing a frog? And I, I heard a comment the other day, and I, I wanted to get your opinion on this, is that basically once you start hearing the frogs, uh, you know, being audible, you can pretty much throw a frog. Yeah, you know, when I start really throwing a frog is, is right around the spawn. Um, that's, you know, right when that water temperature gets about 60 degrees is when I'll start throwing that frog. And, and that is generally the time you start hearing frogs. And you can throw it then, and you can throw it when you don't hear them. I mean, you know, there's, there's such a uh, uh, diverse time frame when that bait can excel that uh, you don't want to just throw it when you hear frogs. You know, throw it when, you know, that water temperature, I think, is the key deal. And, and that's when that water temperature hits about 60 degrees and, and all the way through the summertime. And then when it starts cooling again down, you know, about 60 degrees is, is kind of that cutoff point. So anytime it's above 60 degrees, I think it's really productive. You know, and here we're, we're kind of in a, a time frame to where, depending on what part geographically of the country that you're located in, you, you know, there's a lot of post-spawn activity. And if not, it's right. soon to be uh, post-spawn, you know, I would say in the next month or so. Does that, I, I guess, uh, period of time or, or pattern, does that dictate a different style of bait uh, that you would go to for a topwater situation? Well, it gives you it gives you some opportunities there that um, you know the, those fish are starting to move away from those spawning flats, and, and and I think this is when you know we we move into that next category of bait. You know, we kind of talked about the the frog, the buzz bait being in the cover. Now we move into those stick bait, the, the spook and and the uh, sammy. Uh, the pencil popper style of baits, you know, these really excel. Those, those fish pulling out of those spawning flats, getting on the points, and uh, this is a great time to utilize these baits in shallow open water, and um, you can really get a lot of good fish because the fish are feeding very heavily at that time frame, right after they come out of that post-spawn, right up until that water temperature starts to get real hot. You could throw that topwater bait all day long, not just you know, we hear so many times about, well, you know, you can only throw a topwater bait when it's cloudy. Well, this is a great time of year to throw that topwater bait all day long. So that's, that's totally a, basically a myth that, you know, you, have to, you can only throw it in the early mornings or the late evenings under low light conditions. That's correct. I mean, any of these baits, uh, matter of fact, uh, if, you, if we talk about the frog bait, you know, I think it excels best. When, when the sun is shining all day long. And I, I think the frog bite is, is not as good when it's cloudy. So uh, th there's even a time, you know, in my, in my thinking that the sunshine makes the topwater bite better. So certainly it is, you know, that type of myth that, you know, it doesn't have to be a low light condition. It doesn't have to be first thing in the morning or right at the end of the day before the sun sets. You know, it, it's, it's a bite that can last all day long whether you're throwing the buzzbait frog, spook, uh, whatever kind of top water bait that you're utilizing. Well, and quickly, don't you think that that is probably because that it's positioning uh, those, you know, those bass under that cover or under the shade of the lily pad? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. And so the reason that that, that frog is so good at that time of day when that sun is out is because it's 
it's putting the fish where your presentation belongs, and that's uh, over top and inside the, the heavy, dense cover. Two other very quick things that I want you to comment on, Kurt, in, in closing here. One is going to be line selection for your top water, and then also, you know, I remember you telling me a, a tip that you basically do to keep your line from fouling uh, when using topwater baits. Could you just go over those two things quickly? Sure. Um, real quick, the, uh, the line stuff. Um, I generally like to use monofilament on all my topwater baits. The only other, and, and probably nine times out of ten, I'm using 14-pound test line. The only time I'm going to use another size line is I'll go to braided line. And uh, the reason I go to braided line is because if I'm casting schooling fish or making very long casts with a, with a stick-type bait, then that's when I'll go to braided line. But only on a bait that's continuously moving will I use that braid. Um, but, again, like I said, any other time it's monofilament, typically I like to use 14-pound test line. The other tip that we had talked about previously that you mentioned was uh, using with popping, popping baits and also uh, prop baits. Uh, again, you know, another category of bait that we, that we discussed earlier, these are both good in cover and in open water type situations. And one little key thing is I like to put a little bit of wax on my line right before the bait. That way it keeps it from snagging, getting underneath. You know, if you're popping that pop bar, sometimes, you know, you'll foul hook your pop bar just because that line is lagging. When you put that wax on that line, it makes it really stiff, keeps it from fouling up your bait, does the same thing for you when you're using prop type bait. Well, there you have it, and there you are, Kurt. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but as always, full of great information. Uh, any closing thoughts uh, before we get out of here? Hey, just want to let everybody know to, you know, continue to check out BassEdge.com and go to that Ask the Pro section. We'd love to hear from you here, any kind of questions that you might have and any comments for us. Well, Kurt, certainly appreciate uh, taking time out of your schedule, and we look forward to it again in the very near future. Great, Aaron. Thanks a lot. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to The Edge. All right, welcome back to The Edge. This is Outdoor Dan, yes, I'm sure, and he is Mr. Aaron Martin. And uh, Kurt did a great job. I knew he would, and he really loves the East. Basically, just echoing what we said earlier, man, just that anticipation of that fish is unbelievable on top water. Yeah, and I thought he did a good job of breaking down, you know, the different uh, situations of which you might change or alter your bait or, or when selecting, you know, top waters. Certainly one of the, I think, the misnomers with top waters is uh, that you cannot use them throughout the course of the day, that you have to have low-light conditions, and I thought he did a good job on that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we've got another question. I'm really proud of you. That's two podcasts in a row. Well, you know, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. When you get the information done and everything's uh, technically flowing right, uh, you know, all is good. But this is another good question. It's a very good question. This is from Russell. How do cold fronts affect bass during the pre-spawn and spawn? He says he went fishing last weekend and on Friday and we caught 10 quality bass. Two of them were close to the four pounds. Way to go, Russell. They also caught these fish in a matter of two hours. That night, a cold front came through. The next day, they fished all day, and they only caught five fish. All of them were very small. What should they have done to change their strategy? 
And this is uh, the answer is coming from Mr. Boyd Duckett. I don't need to say anything else. Yeah, that's right. You know, it speaks for himself. Over a million-dollar winner, 2007 Bassmasters Classic champion. But I thought Russell uh, brings up a very good question, one of which anyone as an angler we have all had to deal with, and that is the uh, changing weather conditions in, in cold front. But uh, Boyd points out that normally when a cold front comes through, bass do not go as far, uh, don't go far from where you were catching them. Your best bet is to stay in that area and fish the thickest cover that you can find. Fish very slow and painfully thorough. Remember, the weights will be down for everybody that day. Best of luck, Boyd Duckett. Way to go, Mr. Mr. Duckett, sir. That's right. So kind of brings a tear to your eye. Hopefully, uh, it does kind of bring a tear to your yeah. eye there. Uh, 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 it, you need, do you need a touches, moment, Dan? Yeah, I need a moment. Uh, all right. Touch of greatness there. Yeah, hey, uh, no, great question and great answer, and I uh, hope that helps you out there, Russell. Thanks for it. Hey, don't forget now, you could get on here too, like Russell just did. All you need to do is just go to prostaff at bassage.com, and if we use your question, you're going to be famous. That's right. So there, there you go. Hey, also, check out the latest edition of the Bass Edge merchandise. Uh, they have the Aaron Martin bobblehead and hair drill. That will last up to an F5 tornado. <laughs> uh, <let's see. laughs> I'll soon be becoming the do-rag of outdoors, Dan. Yeah, well, you know what? That that hair, man. I, I get more compliments. People say, how does he keep that hair so stiff? I said, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of like a mixture of uh, permanent glue and whatever. Are I, you done I, now? Huh? Are you done now? Uh, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. All right. Uh, we do need to move on to actually more important things other than the discussion <laughs> topic of my hair. So, But you know what, Dan? That's why I have you on here. So, What? Talk about your hair, see? <laughs> okay, yeah. there you go. So, it's, it's therapy. It's therapy? Is that what you said? No, I said it's therapy. Oh, syrupy. Your hair gel. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, how about the newsletter? Well, I like it. What's the matter with it? <laughs> well, we need to get signed up because there's a lot of great things that's going on that is exclusive, uh, that are rather exclusive to the e-newsletter. It keeps you up to date where we're going to be, what's going on. So if you're not signed up for that, make sure to log on to BassEdge.com get that And done. that also includes prize giveaways. And please include your shipping info because if we use your question like Russell or like last week, you know, we got to be able to have your address to send you a thank you. No question. You know, one of the other things I, I want to point out before we do have to get out of here is the fact of uh, the new Bass Edge quick tips on the video clips that uh, have been coming out really about two per week. Mm-hmm. We are traveling around the country, and uh, if you have the opportunity to be at one of the events that we're going to be at, we have the cameras, and uh, you have a tip that you would like to share with the audience. would love to be able to pull you aside and, uh, and get that information so that we can get it out to uh, out to the Bass Edge audience. I know the CBA, the Collegiate Bass Anglers Association, we're pulling in a lot of those guys uh, just all over. Any anglers, uh, you know, are welcome to, to participate in that. Well, I could definitely teach everybody how to tie a polymer knot. Do you moisten the line first? I, I do moisten the line. Right, it's always go. good to moisten the line. It is. That way it doesn't yeah. cut itself. That's right. Speaking of cutting itself, we're about to cut ourselves out of a paycheck if we don't get off here. Do we have to go? <laughs> we do have to go. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. Don't forget iTunes. You can also go to BassEdge.com to see everything we're doing. The newsletter is out there for you. What's up next week? Next week, uh, we have an uh, un- undisclosed surprise guest, and the reason being is because it's not logged yet. So we'll keep you up to date <laughs> on what's going on there. All right. Well, for Mr. Aaron Martin, this is Outdoors Dan, and we hope you have a wonderful week. Until next week, we'll see you right here on The X. Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make the Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, V&W Trailer Hitches, Megaware Keel Guard, 
Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent, Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstar Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.